Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jabber Pride Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Acevedo. I took a little break last week, uh, had some business to, you know, handle, but I'm back after the 10th episode anniversary, and I have with me the best and brightest candidate you have to offer. Please, Mr. Vickery, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Mr. Vickery. Uh, I teach pre-calculus, honors algebra 2, and regular algebra 2 at Canyon View. Um, it's nice to be on here, and I'm excited to do the show. Well, it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, so let's dive right into it. In terms of uh, topics here, um, how are you handling with your classes or just in general with personal life? How are you handling, you know, quarantine and COVID, especially, you know, how things become more intense nowadays? Uh, in my honest opinion, I, it is very tough. Like I have conversations with students on a daily basis about how things are going. And I, and I want students to really know that teachers are struggling just as much as students. Um, we, we miss being in the classroom, interacting with students. I miss teaching math in person. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's challenging. Um, it's, I've kind of had my tough times in these last couple months um where i need to kind of just sit down and kind of regain my energy for mathematics in terms of just teaching it online um it's just not as exciting as being in person uh working with uh my students so it is it has been challenging but uh, my students have been absolutely phenomenal with the online learning um it's we haven't really missed a beat but it's just not the same i just it's just really tough have you found any merits in online compared to being in person? Um, students really like uh, listening to videos and then being able to come back and kind of ask questions about the videos. They, I think students really like uh, going at their own pace, um, mm. especially I think for the older kids. I've had I have all juniors right now and there's there's some maturity that's come that's growing when you get become an upperclassman and i think being able to go at your own pace um kind of pause the video see if what's going on and then if you're still unsure you can come back and ask questions which mm. is i think have been beneficial to uh a lot of kids mm. how you had to kind of adapt your your style of, of teaching or communicating to students compared to especially like the circumstances that we're in nowadays where you're more you know online you know, oriented? Have you had to kind of make more adaptations? Have you had to be more lenient? Um, um, in my honest opinion, I try to keep it as uh, normal as possible. Um, I think that's where a lot of students uh, do enjoy my classes, that I don't try to do anything different than what I would do in person. The only mm. thing that uh, would be different is, you know, I have to really make sure that the students are engaged across the screen. Um, because there are, you know, some kids, uh, who, who are uncomfortable with their cameras on, which is perfectly okay. Um, just make sure that I'm engaging with them. It's, it's just psychologically, it's just, it's easier to kind of let those kids kind of go when you don't see them face to face. And so kind of really making sure that every period I'm trying to engage with every st single student, even if they have their cameras off. Mm. Um, how, what were like something, so we, we had to make that, uh, very abrupt transition right back in the, right back into online compared, uh, due to, you know, uh, numbers rising in Arizona. Um, 
what were some things that you like liked about COVID or no, not COVID, my bad, hybrid, um, being, you know, back in person and being able to interact with students? It was, it was actually, I was so excited to be back in person, um, to be able to see my students. Now I only got to see half of them because of the periods one, two, three were the first nine weeks. So I only got to see periods four, five, and six, but you know, it was, it was just refreshing. I really had a lot of good energy, uh, when we came back and I got to interact with us, you know, with a smaller group, which means I can focus on them a little bit more. And we, I think we got a little bit more in depth, um, only having smaller classes, which was really nice. And, um, it was just, it was really great. It's it just, um, as a teacher, it's just kind of, you just kind of reflect on how much you actually enjoy being around, uh, these kids when, uh, teaching and, it just makes me love teaching even more because, you know, this, this has been a really hard time for, I think everyone. And I think for, especially for teachers as well, it's like, we enjoy being around you guys and you guys are phenomenal human beings. And when we don't get to be around you guys, it's tough. Like we, we got into teaching for this very reason. And it was just, it was awesome. Uh, you know, just being back, even if it was hybrid, um, unfortunately, you know, the numbers rise and safety is, you know, the number one concern here. And hopefully that numbers will go down and we can get back um, second, uh, second semester. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to, I wanted to dive into with you was your passion for mathematics. That's if that makes like, I think that's what really made you stand out to me as a teacher. Uh, you were very passionate about math and you were easily the most passionate teacher about math that I've ever met. And you actually made me, very passionate about math. I like math more because of your teaching style and because of how prideful you are in your method of teaching math. So I kind of was very curious, where did you get this from? Um, you know, honestly, when I, I actually, at first, when I went into college, I did not want to be a, a teacher at all. Um, I actually wanted to go in finance. And then, so I got when I first started college, I had it, I was majoring in math and finance. And then I switched over to math and actuarial science, which is um, assessing uh, risk on people in terms of insurance cost. And as I continued going down into deeper and deeper, higher level math, it was just like this passion continued to grow. I was just very good at math in mm -hmm. high school, but it was just like, I was a very sports person in high school. So it was just, it wasn't really just a passion yet. It was more of, I'm just really good at it. And, and then when I got into college and I started going into deeper and deeper, uh, math, that's where like you really start seeing some very cool things. And then I just finished my master's over the summer and some of the last two classes, like were you got to see some really cool math and, and I think just math in general, it just, it really explains what is happening in this world. And there's so many different types of math. Um, we can go into probability and statistics. We can go into applied math. We can go into pure math. And all of them just have these fascinating nuances to it that can explain phenomena in this world. And it's just, it's just, it's really cool. And I really hope uh, education in in terms of just not just Arizona, but in the U.S., kind of shifts to this more um, discovery and really learning 
the like some of the cool things about math. I mean, one of the I think cool things I we do in algebra one is quadratics and we can go into projectile motion, which mm. I mean, everyone likes to shoot stuff off. Like if it's like a basketball or it's a, you know, a Frisbee and stuff like that, we can, you can model it. I know you have to deal with friction or friction and uh, gravity a little bit um, mm. or air resistance, but you can still model it with quadratics and it's just, it's really cool. And then we get into higher level stuff in terms of exponentials and logs and, then we get into trigonometry when we uh, do pre-calculus, and then we can do harmonic uh, motion and dampening harmonic motion, which is some of the things we're going to be doing in trig uh, second semester for pre-calculus. And then we hit the big one, which is calculus. I mean, calculus, when it was invented, was a game changer, and it's just it's, – it's so cool to kind of dive into to this. You can find – volumes of curved objects which is something that was never able to do before calculus was uh created which is somewhere around the 1700s i believe um nice. and it's just it's just really cool i mean i think i i think a lot of teachers have passions about their their subjects but i mean i think math just holds a special thing in terms of the world because it helps us explain what is going on and nice. it's always nice so was there was there like so was the methodol with the methodology or like the the topics that continue to build upon each other like is there anything specific that really gripped you or was it just that you were you were good at it and you really got into the the higher levels of math? Yeah, it was like um, I was just I was just good at it, and then when I got into college, I met this this professor. Um, his name was Doctor Ramirez, and you know people say that I'm very passionate about mathematics, but this guy was way beyond even me and mm. it's just he was that guy who like just changed my life in terms of heading towards or, towards teaching he was just so passionate about it he was he was very hard on us but um his tests were incredibly difficult but i never felt like i was not prepared for the test and mm. he just like he just really showed like a love from teaching and math and it was just we would we would just ha I would have conversations with them for hours about different types of maths and and it was just it was one of those just things that I was just very lucky that I got someone who who cared so much about ma mathematics as well as caring about his students that I just it was just it was a perfect fit for me um, and you know calculus has always been kind of my favorite subject. Um, mm. And we go into that leads into differential equations, which is absolutely phenomenal because um, then you can g go into some really cool mathematics that explains like fluid dynamics and stuff like that. And um, which we did a little bit in my master's, which was so cool to see. And then we'll actually graph those in pre-calculus, which will be very cool. Um, mm. Students don't know that it's dealing with like fluid dynamics and stuff like that. And, temperature and stuff like that but um it's gonna it's it's just i don't know it's just very exciting to to do do math i think i mean i watch math videos all the time i'm just <laughs> fascinated with all the different types of math we do right now mm. I'm, I'm on a big uh pure mathematics one so we look at proving different stuff about numbers and such about just numbers which i think is really cool you do that in your free time i do that in my free time mm. 
that's that's very very interesting actually because i i don't know anybody i can't tell you anyone other than you that's that looks into math in their free time so i find that very very like interesting um so do how long have you been teaching math for uh so this will be year five or six for me i can't you know, I'm so I'm I'm supposed to be so good at math, but I can never remember dates and years and stuff like that. So, I think it's year five or six for me. Um, I this is my third year at Canyon View, so yeah, I think this is gonna be year six for me. Mm. And do you plan on continuing uh, teaching math for throughout your career? Uh yeah. I mean, I've I've thought about uh, kind of indulging into some physics. Um, it's a little uh, more applied math, so I'm thinking about getting my certificate in teaching physics, which I think would be really cool. Um, I am planning to be the calculus teacher next year. Um, and I don't see me ever changing. Um, I love teaching math and, um, I love working with students who are passionate about, about math. I just, um, I think we have a good, we have, those students have a good relationship with me in terms of, um, seeing how much I'm passionate about math and that leads into us to indulge in concepts just outside of the curriculum and how it relates to the stuff we're doing in the curriculum. So yeah. for example, in, in uh, pre-calculus in which we will also do an honors algebra two second semester, we were doing dividing polynomials and that leads into the um, Euclidean algorithm, which helps us find the greatest common divisor between new two numbers, which leads us into some high-level math called Diophante equations, which I showed some of my pre-calc students this, and we just had a blast doing it. I mean, it's just, it, the great thing about, I think, math is even the higher-level stuff is it can kind of be related back to very simple ideas. Mm. Um, and linear Diophante equations actually is just understanding systems of linear equations, which everyone does in Algebra 1. Um, Hi, you reached me and I'm sorry, I'm not available. Sorry, my bad. So, that's okay. So, do you find it easier to connect with students by, by taking, so you had mentioned taking things from outside the curriculum and then implementing them within and connecting those things. So, you know, do you find it easier to teach students that way? Or do you go more direct where you teach students directly like the equations, how they correlate with each other, and then you go into like how to solve those equations? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, I'm a very, I think I'm a very simple teacher. I mean, I don't really kind of go outside uh, my comfort zone because um, I want to make sure that the kids understand the material. I've been kind of in a evolution in terms of my teaching, which is... Um, I really want kids to stop being able to memorize stuff and more into understanding where it comes from so they never have to memorize something. They can always derive it on their own. And that takes that's a high-level skill to do. Um, so there is, you know, at the lower levels in terms of Algebra 1 and 8th grade and maybe even some uh, geometry, you know, that memorization is good because um, you get very comfortable with that. But when we get into higher level math, like trying to memorize all these different formulas and, and techniques, it's, it's just way too much. And trying to go into letting the kids understand what is happening and so they never have to memorize. They can always derive it if they mm. need to. 
um, is really kind of something I'm pushing into my honors algebra two and my honors pre-calculus classes um, because I'll get them ready for calculus. And so there's this combination of, you know, being more direct, but, you know, some uh, sometimes, you know, there's some things that are it, math is just boring to some some kids. And so, for example, function notation is a very, you know, boring and not very exciting topic. But mm -hmm. when you relate it to coding, um, coding, you have to write functions all the time in in programs. And that's just really just creating a function is I need some inputs and then I need something to come out of it, which is an output. And that's what function notation is all about. And we did some coding in our honors algebra two class, if you remember, and then we did some in pre-calculus and uh, kids really enjoyed that, like being able to apply uh, their idea of function notation. I mean, yeah, like I said, like function notation just by itself is not very exciting. So I could teach the kids that, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to apply it anywhere. So I wanted to make sure I showed where they could see it. And mm. I really want to get more coding into our math curriculum because Absolutely. it is, it's clearly obvious that our society is moving to more so technology. much technology, so much technology. And to be able to code, you are, you have an advantage in, in this world. And I think we need to start at algebra one and, you know, do some type of basic math coding throughout all our classes. And I think you guys will have a bigger advantage than I ever had uh, going into college. I'm definitely on board for that because um, I was I was looking at taking a coding class. Um, if my schedule wasn't still filled up, I was I would have definitely taken an AP coding class to get those skills down. Um, but this may be kind of an extreme question, but say someone was never really taught math what would be the first thing that you teach them so that's a very that's a very vague question so when you say never taught math are we talking about going all the way into like they've never did multiplication or division or adding subtracting um or are we talking about algebraic stuff like they've never algebraic. learned algebra okay so they never learned algebra um i mean i would maybe start with just playing a little game with them is like how do we solve for some some stuff and um there's this game called get down to zero um and so the idea is you can only add subtract multiply divide and then raise to some power and you can only do it with whole numbers mm -hmm. and so like the idea is well let's say example three-fourths how would we get that down to zero well we would have to multiply by four and then we would have to, after we multiplied by four, we would have to sub subtract three. Um, and that would get us down to zero. Well, if you thought of three-fourths as x, you could think of this as 3x minus four, or minus uh, three, and you could actually solve, that's actually an equation. And so just teaching them to play this little game, you're actually psycho uh, subconsciously teaching them how to solve equations. Yeah. And... And it's a game I always play with. Um, I try to play with all my classes at some point in time because it makes them think. Um, obviously, we go into more complex stuff like how do we get the square root of 2 plus the square root of 3 down to 0 if we can only multiply, add, subtract, and raise to a power of only whole numbers. So that gets a little bit more challenging. But it makes the kids think. And then 
you just realize that, oh, this is an equation, so I just have to work backwards. And mm. um, so that would probably be the first thing I would start with is just playing a game with, uh, with uh, like, kids. And I think that's a good starting point because then they don't think of it as just this, uh, these all these rules. They think of it as, like, oh, okay, this is not too bad. I've, mm. I've done this my entire life. Like, I can get down to zero pretty easily. And then they realize that algebra is really not that bad. Do you find a lot of students who tend to kind of blow it out of proportion of how difficult it is or? No, I, 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 I don't want any student, any student to uh, think that math is just, it's, it's easy. Math is very difficult. Um, it, it just like anything you, you have to work at it. And I think math in terms of, any content now i'm again i am being biased because i'm a math teacher but <laughs> math is ha, i think has the most building blocks to be successful like you are always building on something from previous years yeah. and so if a student you know you know let's just say um and i we have like a class of students that had a substitute because of for some reason in seventh grade. Well, now they've missed all of seventh grade math and that makes eighth grade math very difficult. That makes ninth grade math very difficult. That makes 10th grade math very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I tell my students all the time that math is not, it's, it's not easy, but if you work at it like anything else and I'm, and I always try to be there for all my students that if you work at it and you put in the time, you will get better at it. I mean, and it, I, I compare it to sports because I'm I'm very sports oriented. Like people, I, I'm not a believer of you're just naturally gifted at something. Um, you have to put in the work, and if you do that, then you'll get better. It might be a slow process, but you will get better. And and that's the thing. And I think you know I honestly think sixth, seventh, and eighth grade math is probably the most important math for kit for regular students to be successful in the high school setting. Um, if they, if they struggled in sixth and seventh and eighth grade, it takes a lot to kind of get caught that, uh, caught that back up. Um, and that's where, you know, doing the extra work. I mean, um, multiplying and dividing numbers is always a struggle with students and, you know, making sure they understand that will make, will make algebra easy, easier. Mm. And I'm not sure if you have the answer to this, but like statistically, how are KMU students like doing in, in your class or just in general in terms of like math, like understanding, comprehending, doing well? <sighs> um, well, let's see. I don't. Um, so my the first year you guys were here. Um, like for my honors geometry students were a hundred percent pass rate on AZ merit. Mm. Um, so that was really good. Um, uh, overall we were, um, we were second in the district in AZ merit freshman year. And I was very proud of that because, um, the middle school that we came from were, um, where a lot of our students came from, was a little bit lower in terms of AZ Mare score because we so we were the only school that actually grew 
arc students in terms of AZ merit scores, which I was very, nice. I was very proud of. Um, last year, you guys, a lot, majority, a lot of students did the PSAT and our, I had to do some data. And in terms of data, I think we were, we were pretty much close to, um, being right at where the national average, which I think is very impressive because Arizona is usually a little bit lower in terms of education scores. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that we were at national average for our kids, um, when I kind of um, manipulated the data to fit our um, population a little bit better, um, we were very good. Um, now I know that the PSAT last year, a, a lot of honors kids took the test and, which put it, and we were, you know, in the 70 to 80 percentile um, wow. for, and which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so our, the, so far that I, I really only uh, looked at you, like your guys's class. Um, I haven't really had, there was no, there hasn't been any data for sophomores or freshmen yet. Mm. Um, I'm waiting to do some data analysis on your guys's uh, pre ACT scores last from last year so we'll that will be a very good um kind of judging point of where we are in terms of our data and that'll help us kind of decide what we what we need to focus on to improve your guys's um just math understanding absolutely um what are when you're teaching math or when when you're um teaching students what are like attributes that you'd like to instill on them I mean, I just, I mean, I, I don't need students to be phenomenal at math. I mean, absolutely. that's not the, that's not the goal. Um, I want, obviously I want them to be the best they can be, but not every student is going to be phenomenal at math and that's okay. Um, but I think the most important thing is just having a, a solid work ethic, like, if you put in the time, you are going to be rewarded with stuff. If you don't put in the time, then you nice. have to you have to you have to live with the consequences. And there is some um, take here, especially some give and take here. I mean, um, students have you guys have a very busy life nowadays, like with sports and all these different classes you have to take. Um, you know, now you guys are getting close to having to apply for college. And I understand that the time gets very, uh, uh, very um, uh, minimal in terms of how much you have. And so you have to kind of judge, you know, what it, how much time can I put into these classes? And I mean, I think nowadays, you know, if you can just put in like 30 minutes a, a night of just doing your math homework or studying or whatever, I think you're doing a very good job. I mean, that's, I think all you really need, I think data shows after you don't really need to do more than an hour, more than an hour, or I think you're just going to kind of burn yourself out. Um, and you know, there's times you're going to have to do more, you're gonna have to spend more time, which is fine. But as long as you're being consistent, you know, doing 30, 30 to an, uh, an hour a night, that's really all, all you need. And, but I, I think work ethic, I mean, I think finding a passion I, I, about something, it doesn't have to be math, but I think students see how much I'm, how much, how happy I am being in the classroom because I'm just very passionate about teaching math. And 
So the work ethic and just being passionate about something. If you have those two things, I think you'll do very well in life, I think, um, as you move forward. I think absolutely I agree. I think I think one thing that I have learned throughout my lifetime is is passion. If it's one thing, it's passion. And that, that carries into into how well you'll do in certain things. You know, how much you really care about something really dictates, you know, how how like you'll you'll how proficient you'll really be in it because you have to take the time to, like you said, work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think students tend, from what I've heard from other students, is that they tend to, they feel like, I think they over exaggerate because they tend to say that you demand perfection, but I I, I don't I disagree because I think you, you've been very kind of lenient in terms of to obviously they take the time to study, and I absolutely agree, but I think with. They, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's whether if it's the laziness or if it's just you know their schedule so busy. And, 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 so they, I, I, and I don't know. I mean, I mean, I I think in my class I do demand a lot. Um, but my my hope is that that students still feel they have the support to be able to do that. Um, right. and like I'm going to push you as far as you possibly can go because I believe you guys can handle that, handle it. If, if I didn't think students could handle the rigor of my classes, then I wouldn't go that high. But I really, I mean, I've only really dealt with your guys, your class. Um, I have only had one other, I had one freshman class last year. Um, but pretty much all my classes have been, um, your guys's grade level. And I'm very impressed with, your guys's uh class and i think all of you can be pushed farther and farther because i really think you guys can handle it um a lot of you guys are phenomenal human beings and um i believe that i can push you farther and farther and farther but i have to make sure that you guys have the support to be able to to do it if i did not give you guys the support and i i don't think i explain stuff very well then Yes, you guys are going to uh, fall flat on your face, but I believe, and I think the data shows that, you guys can do some amazing things um, if you're pushed. And some of you, like, there, what, there's always been adjustments in my class at the beginning, like, wow, this is a lot harder. But I think when, by the end of the year, you guys are like, yeah, this is hard, but I can do it. And that's kind of, that's a, I think a, a very, a, a goal I always have is that, yes, I want you guys to learn stuff, but I want you guys to realize that your limit is not as low as you guys think it is. I think your, your potential is higher and higher and higher as we grow through this math curriculum. Um, my final question about, so I don't burn you out in terms of math. Um, <laughs> you can, I don't think you can, but, <laughs> um, what do you think, what do you think, what do you think is the, like some of the universal fundamentals of math? <sighs> you know, this is always a, a very interesting question. Um, you know, many people think it's just being able to memorize steps. Um, yeah. I, I don't think so. I mean, yes, there are some some things you have to um, memorize, you have to kind of, you know, memorize and know, but um, it's honestly, 
I think there's an art form to do math and there's some creativity um, in solving problems. And I remember the student last year and I think she was in your class uh, in your class um, last year. She did this uh, proof that I would have never thought of doing it that way. And it was so creative and it was just, it was so, it was so brilliant. And it was just like, those are the moments like that push society forward is taking this very scientific content and adding in this creativity to it. And that's where people like engineers, like great engineers come about um, is taking, you know, this very, you know, procedural based topic and let's put some creativity in it and we can create some uh, cool things. I think, um, you know, our, our, you know, every time we go farther and farther in math, it takes some creativity. And I think, you know, a universal is, you know, ideas to be creative in terms of how you solve stuff. Um, okay. And, you know, I've had many instances in in these last three years at Canyon View where students will solve a problem that I would have not solved it like that. But, and, but that's awesome. I mean, that's the goal is to be for students to see what I do, be comfortable with what I, how I do it, but then go outside the box and see if there's other ways to solve problems. And I, Mm. that's why I really like teaching geometry um, because I think it's the first step in terms of doing that. Um, when you guys do proofs, you know, you guys are trying to do it exactly how I do it, but then you start realizing that there's many ways you could do a proof. And when you guys start being comfortable with that, that you can see all these different ways to do it. That's when you start really becoming a great mathematician. Um, it's not just, I can solve, you know, this quadratic the same way a hundred times. Well, let's just see how I can solve it a hundred different ways and see how it connects to uh, different ideas. Um, and that's, I think that's one universal. I think, um, another universal, you know, thing about being, you know, like about math is just that the math we learn in high school is just like scratching the surface of the type of math you can do. Um, Mm. and there's so much math that we don't talk about in high school and it's just it's 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 unfortunate but it's just it's just the reality because of the time that you guys have um you yes. guys, we just don't have time to go through all this different types of mass um but i mean it's just it's vast i mean if we're talking about a you know a 10 foot string and that all 10 foot string and all the math in in the in the world or the universe is on that 10 feet of string. We're probably in high school. We've probably done one inch of it. And it's just, just realize that math is not exactly what it's like in high school. There's, there's so much you can do with math. And I wish we could uh, go into more different types of math. So kids could actually see all the stuff that is a, that we can apply to the real world. Um, and, I think those are two things, creativity and realizing that math is just so vast that there's so many ways, so many things you can study in terms of 
being a mathematician. Mm. I think we're very close in thought when it comes to, to those answers, because I, I always look at it as, as math being representation of the human mind, the extension mm-hmm. of the human mind, and, and comprehension and perspectives, because I remember watching this TED Talk, um, and the, the uh, speaker had talked about how, you know, an equal sign, you can, it's, it's a representation of perspectives, you know, X or X equals Y, but Y also equals X. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's unique to see different people's perspectives on how to solve problems or how to how to find the answers, and I, I just think I just find that extremely intriguing. I think that's one thing that's always intrigued me about math was always comprehending and also perspectives. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that kind of you, that students can understand, it, uh, but we really don't do- dive into, is the idea of different types of infinity, like. You have an infinite num- number of numbers from zero to one, but that means that you have an infinite uh, types of, of of numbers from zero to two, and that's twice as big. But mm-hmm. infinity is just this vast number that we can't even, or vast concept that we can't even think about, and just really indulging into into this idea, this very conceptual type stuff. Just you know. I think goes into in terms of what you said about the human mind of how far can we push our, our brain and like how far can we understand what is happening in, to, in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so just, okay. So that was my last, last question. Um, but uh, kind of on a different topic, I had heard that you, do you watch anime? I, I do on occasion. Yes. On occasion. Okay. Okay. Um, do you, do you read manga? Um, not as much as I should. Um, I really just don't have time. Um, but I've read a uh, some a little bit. Uh, what, what anime do you like watching? Um, obviously like I grew up on Dragon Ball was always mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorites. Um, I, I've always, you know, I think, Goku is always like a fascinating uh, person in terms of just looking at it psychologically is that he's always wanting to push himself. And I think, you know, that's always something that I kind of taken from that is that I always want to be better and better. And I take that into, in terms of teaching is that I want to become better and better every day for my students. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was always a fascinating one. And then I got, obviously I got into Naruto and again, Naruto is like the same idea. He just wants to be better. And, um, it's a very, I really, uh, like attached to those, those two characters, um, because of their just personalities. Um, and I think that some of the storylines in Naruto is just absolutely phenomenal. Like, uh, Itachi is one of the, I think one of the greatest storylines you could ever do in, in anime, Marvel, whatever. It's just a phenomenal storyline. Mm. Um, have you watched any like underground, like not well known stuff? No, I, I, I usually don't have time to go into that. Um, um, I'm usually watching math videos. Um, mm. so I really haven't indulged into any of that stuff yet. I know, um, there's uh, some of my students have told me to watch some, some stuff. I can't remember what the names are. I have it written down somewhere. Um, but I really just don't have time. I literally go and I, um, start looking up math videos and how I can relate it to content that I'm teaching the next day or in, in a week or so. 
So for students who, who, who strive to be teachers or to be at your shirt level, so would you, would you recommend that they take that advice as well in terms of, you know, connecting things and applying that to what they're teaching? Um, my recommendation for if you want to be a teacher is that the first thing you have to know is you have to be passionate about it. I mean, um, there are, it's, you know, I think different careers, you can think of it as just a job. Um, and in terms of making an income, I think to be a teacher, you have to be really passionate about it. It's, it's, it's not an easy job. Um, and so that would be my first thing is just make sure you're passionate about teaching or passionate about whatever you're, you're trying to teach. Um, I think my next thing is, and this was one that I really had to learn is that, um, not everyone sees it as easy, as easily as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, at, when I was first, I thought, you know, I'm like, man, this is very easy stuff. Like, why is, why are, why aren't students not getting it? And it was a hard lesson that I had to learn, um, at the beginning of my teaching career. And so, I, so I remember, you know, going through notes and just asking myself, why would, why would a student struggle here? Um, and how can I help them? And I think I've become such a better teacher because of that, that hard experience I've had at the beginning of my career. So, um, first realization that students are not, not all students are going to find it easy. And, yeah being able to ask them the right questions to get them where they need to be. Um, is that, and I, and I think the final one, I do honestly think I'm a kind of a special case. Um, you know, I, people always tell me that I need to kind of compartmentalize my life a little bit better. That's probably one of my weaknesses. Um, I, I'm a very, like, once I focus, once I focus, I like hyper-focus on stuff. Um, and sometimes it's just, I get worn down very quickly cause I'll, just watch stuff for hours upon hours upon hours and take notes and stuff on it. Um, but I mean, I think it's always good to, you know, go outside and find stuff that you can connect it to the material, um, to help kids learn. Maybe you'll find someone who has the same passion as you about, you know, coding and stuff, for example, or, you know, projectile motions or, you know, even, you know, chemistry, you can do, um, half-life with exponential functions and stuff like that. Um, and you know, you can, um, think of like electric in terms of discrete mathematics. And so being able to find their, their interest and being able to connect the math to it is always beneficial. Um, so, but you have to, you know, teachers have to be knowledgeable about that. I mean, you know, just the content by itself, I don't think is always, I don't think it's enough. Um, I think being able to connect your content to stuff that outside the classroom and which really kind of gets kids really thinking about how math is useful. I mean, if we just, if we just teach quadratics, I mean, you students won't know where, how could I apply a quadratic anywhere or how do I apply exponential stuff? So, um, not just knowing the content, but, but knowing how it is connected to other parts of life is really important. And that just takes a lot of time. I mean, it's, you just kind of have to do the work. And it's like, how I said with students, like, if you just put in the work, you're going to get better at it. And 
it's the same thing with teachers. You have to put in the work to um, really make your classroom phenomenal. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're winding down on time here, Mr. Bakery. Is there anything you'd like to shout out? Anything you'd like to plug? This is this is your time to. Um, you know, I, I really just want to say, and again, I really dealt with just the junior class. Um, for the, all those who do listen, I just want you guys to know that, you know, you guys have been phenomenal these these three years at Canyon View, and. It's going to be, and I tell my students, the students I have now, that when you guys graduate, it's going to be one of the best moments of my life um, because I've had some of you for three or four years um, when you guys finish. And it's going to be a very, it's going to be like, you know, that bittersweet moment of I'm so proud of you guys, but it's going to be really difficult because I've really enjoy teaching this class and um some of the students are just are phenomenal human beings and i'm i've actually become a better teacher because of um some of the students and it just it just means the world that i get to get to teach these kids um and then you know tony thank you for having me on i you've done a phenomenal job with this i've um, i'm gonna make sure i watch uh listen to it every week um and I'm very proud of you that um, you're doing something like this. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a great deal to me. Um, it was amazing to have you on. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. Again, uh, thank you guys for making it to 11 episodes. It's, it, this, is, this has been one of my prized, prized possessions. If this one thing that I want to pass down uh, to Canyon View or to students you know, in lower classes, um, when I leave here, it's this podcast. So this is my heart and soul. Um, but thank you all for listening. Oh, that's so, that's absolutely awesome, Tony. I mean, just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it, man. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Um, this has been the Jaguar Pod podcast with Mr. Vickery. And I'm your host, Tony Acevedo. Have a good one, guys. See you next time.